Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sounds of the Diaspora. Um, I want to start by honouring a great, a legend, a massive influence in the music community, hip-hop, rap community, and that is DMX who passed away this week. So we're going to start by playing a couple of his tunes, reflecting on his life, and then we'll get into it. Now this episode will be... Um, in fact, this episode I'm going to be interviewing someone very, very special, very close to me. It is... That's supposed to be a drama. <laughs> it is my dad. Uh, I'll tell you a bit more about him after this DMX interlude. But, um, yeah, DMX is a rapper who came kind of... He kind of revamped rap after the likes of Biggie and Tupac passed. And there was a big hole left in the rap community. He's inspired a lot of artists today. A lot of them were, you know, when you talk about the great DMX, that conversation can't be had without him. So I'm going to show you some of his work, some of his popular stuff, some of his deeper stuff. He showed us what it's like to, like, persevere and live almost every sector of life. He spent a lot of time in prison, on the streets, in the church. So he's a really well-rounded individual. Um, he's struggled with drug addiction. I saw quite a sad interview about how, you know, before he was 14, he hadn't smoked, he hadn't done anything. And then uh, when he was introduced to uh, artists who kind of brought him into the scene, um, he passed him a blunt. And little did he know, the blunt was laced with crack. And he said, that's where it ended. A monster was born. So his life really reflects a lot of the real issues that um, people from that sector of society, black people, working class people face, um, and the rise to fame, the consequences that come with it, as well as, you know, the, the joy and the positivity he carried with him through all this hardship. I think that's what he's remembered most for, the fact that he was so positive, he was such a light. You know, I saw on Twitter people speaking of, a, a fan met him in a hotel and, you know, she was really struggling with the death of her father from addiction and forgiving him. And a 15 minute conversation led to her forgiving her father. And all these tributes to him are just people telling of how, how wonderful he was, how positive he was, how he was here to help. So we're gonna honor him for a little, we're going to interview my dad. We're going to get into it. So stay tuned. Yo, get it twisted. This rap is mine. Mother start of game. What you heard is what you hearing. It's what you hearing, listen. It's what you hearing, listen. It's what you hearing, listen. X gon' give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door, it's real. With the non-stop pop up, I'm stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make a mother wonder if you did it. Damn right, can I do it again? Cause I am like, so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread. Full strength, 
I'm a jelly. So I face the world like a girl in the bullpen. You against me, me against you. Whatever, whenever the you gon' do. I'm a wolf in sheep clothing. Only that you know who can chill. Come back and get the streets open. I've been doing this for 19 years. Wanna fight me? Fight these kids. I put in work and it's all for the kids. But these cats done forgot what work is. They don't know who we be looking. They don't know who they see. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall. Then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall. Then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. yo, where am I? Dad, I know I got them down in the green. For too long, What? don't give up. You're too strong. Love to the wild, wild hunters. Yeah. Shout out to that done it. And it ain't even about the dough. It's about getting uh, down for uh, what you stand uh, for, yo. For real. We gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop. Don't let it go. Come on. X gon' give it to ya. Uh, He gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya. Uh, He gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop. Quickie, for real. For real. 
your heart to go, but with a hoe. Lost all control, my shoulders hold a lot of weight. Just like first time sold the eighth and told us not an eight. But then it's out of state, and it's too late for changes to be made. That's what I get for fucking with strangers in the shade. This is it, yeah, niggas got to give me a plate. For the same reason that fate chose to give me the weight. Take away hate, now I'm supposed to love the one that cursed me. The one that wouldn't give me a cup of water when I was thirsty. It was always him versus me, but now I gotta teach him. Personal feelings put aside, cause now I gotta reach him. What I'd like to do is turn my head like I don't know. But it seems like I've been called on the show. And if you've never met me, then you've no right to judge me. You got a good heart, but this heart can get ugly. his most popular track x gonna give it to you i'm sure we've all heard i think it was in a deadpool movie um and also some of his deeper tracks where he explores the issues i was speaking on because i want you to understand he's an artist with layers like often when you're a rapper or hip-hop people try and take away from you that depth and you know it's always the branded even with draw oh it's just violence money but you know there's a lot of depth there's a lot of there's real life he is his music and he's put himself into it now I'm gonna move on to introducing to you, introducing to you? I'll let him introduce myself, but I'll give you my <laughs> introduction of my dad. To me, he's my dad, but to the world, he's a lot of different things. Whenever someone asks me what is who is my dad, I'd say he's kind of an activist. I think that's the most fitting word, an activist. Um, he, he's an activist, reporter. He has been involved in Nigerian politics very much on the front line, so. He used to work in the Nigerian government, found a lot of corruption, did not like it, had to dip. And ever since then, he's been speaking out on injustice, uh, you know, Nigerian politics, government, just a lot of things. I'll let him, I'll let him talk a bit about himself. But um, he's a big role model to me. And the reason why I'm, I have a show like this, the reason I'm so political, so outspoken, I get these traits from him. And I want to speak to him a bit about his experience of diaspora because there's obviously different levels to diaspora where there's us or me and my friends a lot of us who are um the product of so we're bought well me at least i'm i'm born in britain so my parents migrated to the uk and i'm born in britain but i also wanted to get the perspective of the first generation immigrants so for my dad it was straight from nigeria growing up there educated there moved to germany um had my sister uh, and then came to England and I want to see from a different time scale his experiences of coming to the UK and what it was like because it was a lot no I wouldn't say harder because I don't want to say it's not as then you know it's easier now but a lot of the challenges faced were different um, and I'll also be doing this with my mum and then also just to see the differences between our parents and us and how we view diaspora the different experiences the different problems how we see it so we'll get into it we'll get into it so I'm here with my dad and I'm going to start by asking him to introduce yourself. So can you introduce yourself, a bit of the work you do? So my name is Kayode Ogun Damisi. Um, I work in the private sector, uh, care about caring for the neighborhood and um, 
I work in housing actually and um, I'm quite passionate about Nigeria so I also comment on social, political and um, cultural issues in Nigeria really. That's okay. And I'm gonna start by asking you a bit so okay, tell us a bit about your move from Nigeria to the Western world, so the UK, Germany and what it was like leaving Nigeria? Uh, so I never really wanted to leave Nigeria. Um, I was quite passionate about Nigeria. But um, uh, after getting involved in the pro-democracy activism, there was, there was a time Nigeria was under the military rule. So I was uh, one of the people who uh, were involved in political activism as a student in the students' movement. So we helped to restore uh, a civilian government in Nigeria. So after uh, we got the civilian government, I started working in the public sector at the local airports in Nigeria, the international airports in Nigeria. And then um, shortly I met uh, your mom. <laughs> And, uh, Two weeks later, yes. <laughs> decided to marry. And then she, uh, your mom left for the UK because she was born in the UK. I didn't want to come to the UK. I just wanted to be in Nigeria. I was thinking, okay, she would come to the UK, come back to Nigeria, and then start shortly. Because I was really deeply involved in, in activism in Nigeria. Then your mom had your sister, Tolani. So I visited... Um, I went to Holland for a climate change conference. Then I went to visit a relative in Germany and your mom met me in Germany with Tolani. And then after uh, seeing my daughter, I just thought, nah, there's no way I could remain in Nigeria. So I think the day I met your sister, because she was born in England, mm. and I've never, I didn't see her when she was born. So after meeting her, holding her, I think that day I just made up my mind I was going to leave everything and make efforts to uh, leave Nigeria. Then we already had civilian rule, so there was not much to do in terms of activism anyway. So mm. yeah, that was what inspired me leaving uh, Nigeria. Uh, I was doing well, so for some people leaving migrating is for economic reasons uh because they want better life but i was literally doing well i was a senior manager at the international airport with the federal airports authority uh, managing a big team and yeah but i think it was just the emotional connection to my daughter that i just felt there was no way i was going to be a uh, uh, a, a dad in diaspora and the daughter in another country so mm -hmm. that was when i started the journey to move to europe okay and what would you say uh okay firstly what would what would you say coming to the uk were the biggest differences between living in nigeria and the uk in terms of like how people reacted to you i guess as a nigerian man opportunities things like that so my journey to uk was uh via germany so I lived, first I lived in Holland for about um, almost a year in Amsterdam, then moved to Germany. I lived in Germany for about two and a half years. So my mom used to come to Germany and I was working in Germany and trying to start a PhD program to 
Uh, so in Germany, it was quite. Uh, it, it was a very. It was a nice place, you know, considering the the um, the reputation of Germany. With people, everyone thinks Germans are racist, but it was quite different. German racism is right there in your face. If they like you, they like. You. If they don't like you, there's no pretentious there. But there were no real no opportunities for people of color in Germany. It was quite difficult. First, the language barrier. If you didn't speak the language, so then one day I decided to visit uh, the family in London. So I came by train through um, through Waterloo station by Euro Eurostar, and I got there and I saw a black policeman, things I didn't see in Germany. I saw a black policeman, I saw uh, people of color doing really so-called white collar mm. jobs, blue collar, whatever collar mm, jobs mm. they do. And I was like, wow, the UK is, is really, pro it's compared to Germany, where if you're a black man and you get a job as a driver, you're really excited, you know? So then I just said, okay, maybe I should, uh, move to the UK and settle with the family because I wasn't really a fan of the UK really mm. maybe because of the colonial history so I was a bit iffy but your mom because she was born in the UK was quite comfortable in the UK she schooled there anyway so mm. so then I moved to the UK to finally settle with the family and that impression I had in um at Waterloo, thinking because I saw every, uh, I saw a bit of a black policeman. I thought it was going to be easy, but it wasn't. It was when I finally settled in the UK that I saw that as a, as a people of color, as a person of color, you have to uh, work three times as hard as uh, a Caucasian person, mm. British person, or the darker you are, the harder you have to work mm. to prove yourself uh, before you actually rise in, 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 in the UK. So over time, I tend to um, learn that there's still a long way to go uh, in the UK. And um, in terms of, it was quite easy because I speak English, unlike in Germany where I didn't, I, I, I didn't speak, speak enough of German. So I was able to just... Um, settle in, in the community, interact and have make friends and what have you. But it's quite a big challenge because also it's quite dif dif difficult also for uh, if you have a for if you have like a Nigerian accent or you have you're not born in the UK, you're even discriminated against by people of your own color who are born here mm. and speak uh, speak um, with the British proper with, English, proper, yeah, yeah. So proper English, you know. So, yeah, so I decided to just take it in the chin and just settle in. Um, whatever you do, uh, just provide for your family and support them, really. So, yeah, so as a black person in the UK, as a, first as a migrant in the UK, it's quite difficult. But as a, as a black person, it's also quite difficult. Uh, but you just continue to work almost three or four times as hard you know, to, to get things, uh, to get to the level where you want to get to in the UK. You have to just keep striving to break the, the barriers, the barriers you mm. know, and break that ceiling and that glass ceiling, you know. So, so far, it's been hard, but 
uh, it's also not right to completely paint the whole of the UK as racist and whatever. There have been kind people from all races and whatever you, uh, you know. Um, I always say to people, the poverty witnessed within the black community, there are also parts of the uh, local Caucasian population that witness the same level of poverty. But it's just the politicians and the ruling elite who who tend to take advantage of these divisions by perpetrating this injustice within communities to more divide people. Mm. So the more divided you are, the more you see the differences in color, in race, in mm. gender, and what have you. So, divide and conquer. Yeah. Mm. And what's quite interesting about all the things that you've been saying is that even 10, 20, 30 years later that now I'm a teenager, a lot of the issues you describe, I mean, we've had conversations about this. It's the mm. same in my lifetime. And you'd think that there'd be, obviously there's progression and some things have changed. If they haven't, I wouldn't be at Oxford. You know, I wouldn't be able to even have some of the opportunities I have today. But mm. I think some of the bigger issues, like you said, with Germany, and that's one thing about the UK that really irks me with Germany. Like you said, if they don't like you, if they're racist, they'll say it to your face. But I think in the UK, a lot of the racism can be very subtle, yeah. very much microaggressions, very much, yeah. you know, you kind of have to, did that even happen? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'll, I'll speak from my own experience. I think the most painful uh, set of racism is the subtle racism, you know. Uh, I, I always find it very uh, interesting that in Britain, uh, people s smile at you, but if you're very observant as a black person, as soon as you turn, their face, particularly some, not everybody, you know, the the person who is racist will smile at you. Uh, but as soon as they turn their face, that smile will change into a very horrible grin, mm. you know. Meanwhile, in Germany, you're likely to just have somebody not even look at your face at all. Are you, you're cool with that, you know. You don't like me, I don't like you, and that's it. Mm. But if, if they're really, really interested in you, they're quite very uh, friendly. And, and, um, I think the, the indirect racism is actually more uh, more deadly Problematic. You know, than, than mm. indirect racism because then if you complain, you're seen as having a chip on your shoulders and uh, it's quite difficult to prove that someone is being racist towards mm. you. So, and I think... Um, even to yourself. Even, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's, so it's, it's a very difficult one with the, to how to handle... Uh, uh, racism in the UK, and you know the British are. Uh, 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 Britain has an history of being very effective in um, indirect warfare. You know, they came to most of the colonies, particularly I can speak for Africa. They came in, they brought the Bible, and they said people should kneel down and pray. And by the time people were praying, by the time they opened their eyes, they they, they had replaced the Bible with a gun in their hand to take the land and uh, enslave the people. So I think the 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 uh, uh, British historic Britain historically has a very effective way of um, of subduing people mm. without uh, without it being very obvious. It's like you're it's like you're made to put your hand into the chain. Mm. You, you're said today, give me the chain. Let me put my hand. Like yourself. Into, you know? It's like blindly yeah. walking or into. Like in the case of America, where people would just be beaten and what have you, and I think that is a much more um, effective form of racism. The, the way uh, the Commonwealth was built, you were all the same. You are part of the British Empire and whatever you, you know, it's it's quite effective. But 
uh, I think generation of uh, people of color across the globe are doing a good job of resisting and raising their consciousness. Uh, uh, your generation and generation before you, uh, because you're born here, you're assimilated here, you're more like more British and more, more British in your outlook than you had with your ancestral link. So you you seem to have more sense of uh, this is home. You can't. They can't deny. You can't. Yeah, yeah. it can't be denied. But you could argue for someone like me that okay, you migrated from Nigeria. You were born in Nigeria, or somebody migrated from Ghana or Mozambique or India, and mm. whatever. You. So, so it's quite difficult to to suppress you, like you, you said. You you were able to. You worked so hard. You got into Oxford University, which is the, the top, the, the best university in the world. You know, and there was there's no way in a million years that um, uh, you know back in those days to get into Oxford you would have to come from the upper class mm. you know rich black uh, if you're a member of the black and ethnic minority if you're from Africa you'll be the top the one of the princess princess from the ruling family you know, but here you are, you know, a daughter of a working class parents and you, you haven't worked through hard, you know. So I think over time, things will get, I'm quite hopeful that your generation will make that change, change. possible. Mm. No, I agree. It's, it's unfortunately, it's very much slow and steady change. It's not going to be a revolution overnight. And like you mm. said, with America, it's a lot easier to condemn the racist actions because nobody can look at a video of police brutality and try and argue this is right yeah. whereas you see with the uk and the race report which is the next thing i'm going to ask yeah. you about where because it's so institutional it's subtle it's stuff like curriculum just ignoring your history mm. small small things then you can begin to deny and say well this doesn't exist because look we've done this 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 we're not beating people down on the streets allegedly we're not doing this so surely we're so much better and that will lead me to ask you your opinions and why you think well I, I, your opinions on the race report that has just been released and i spoke about this in my last episode it was essentially a report done by they got a couple of upper class black britons and from different fields to do like an analysis of um the race in britain today and the report claims that the the britain is not institutionally racist apparently and that um there's other issues so what do you think about this report and its you know its impact on society I think, you know, uh, at first, I like to comment on things when I read them completely. So I've read, I've had now time, I've had time to read the report. I think the summary of the report is a whitewash. Mm. But if you read at the content, they made quite some positive recommendations. Mm. You know? But if you look at the overall summary of the report, it's a whitewash to say Britain is not institutionally racist. That's, that's uh, a strong uh, statement. That's a very strong statement to make. And it's sort of, uh, it's just a summary of saying, hey, uh, black, uh, brown and ethnic minority people, get off your, uh, get off your, drop that shipping on your shoulders and just and deal, stop crying and about deal it. With it. Yeah. You know? So it, it sort of does a lot of injustice to the many works and struggles of people of color and not just people of color, even white people who fight racism, mm -hmm. who fight against oppression. Uh, and I think uh, I'm not surprised, you know, because I now had to take time to go and 
read up on the composition of the people who made up the uh, the committees you had uh, uh, people who had made statements in the past that um, uh, racism literally doesn't exist in the UK that mm. if you work hard you can get anywhere so it, it was quite a biased report but I think it's also a wake-up call to um, to a lot of people you know to also get engaged mm. and because the report is the Conservative Party, which is, uh, uh, you never expect uh, uh, Boris Johnson to put up a committee that will write a report to say Britain is, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is not institutionally racist. You know, so there was an agenda set, and from the from the conclusion, the conclusion of the committee does not even match their own recommendation. Mm-hmm. So their own recommendation recognizes. Uh, 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 pay gap between black and ethnic minority people and uh, 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 indigenous, quote and unquote, indigenous Caucasian people. Mm. It recognizes uh, the lack of equity in terms of recruitment into the police, mm. the army and what. So what is more institutional than... It doesn't you, make sense. It's saying have, that there's all these problems with race in the institution, yeah. but it's not institutionally racist, yeah. despite there's all these problems. Yeah, they are mentioning institutions where... Uh, the NHS, they say the NHS has a lot of um, ethnic minority, but what they, they are not mentioning is that the ethnic minority are in the lower cadre and they have no opportunities to rise up. So, And they're the ones so, during the pandemic who were all on the front lines yeah, dying. Yeah, so you have, yes, you have ethnic minority doctors, you have nurses and everything, but those who make the decision, the board of the Public Health England is white, you know, almost completely white, you know. So you're saying, yes, it's not institutionally racist. Just stay in the lower cadre. You can't rise. And you should be thankful that, that you're, you're even there. You're the cleaners and everything. You have mm. those opportunities. So if you're talking about equity, equity means equal opportunity, opportunity. for everyone, irrespective of color, mm. you know, race, you know. And I think uh, I think a lot of reasonable, sensible people know that it's a whitewash anyway. Yeah. And But the positive side to it is that it has also sparked conversation sparked com- uh, uh, debates conversations amongst people you know and um, i think that's a positive side that people should take away from it but i can also see i like to look at both sides i can also see where some members of the committee come from that it is likely yeah, you need to be special you need to have some consciousness mm. to be able to look beyond because somebody like me i would look at nigeria and i'm just want i just want to flip it a bit so in Nigeria, or in some parts of Africa, you you get discriminated because of of your tribe. Mm. So you're unlikely to get a job because you come from a particular tribe. Mm. You know. So if somebody would, who who in Nigeria would not get a job because of some particular tribe now comes into the UK and gets a job, you know, just by applying. So your experience is different. You think, oh, Britain is a fair society, unlike Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So if you if you now get into a committee, you would use your own experience. To judge that Britain is not institutionally racist. You say, I, I came here, I, I studied, I became a doctor, now I'm a member of parliament. Because it's better than... Like, mm. uh, Zibadeng, one of the MPs, that the one of the ministers who is from, who the Nigerian, Kemi Badeng, who has a Nigerian background, and everything she says paints Britain as this nice society, you know, because she was born here, she, she went to Nigeria, she came back, she became a, an MP. Mm. You know, as far as she's concerned, everything is good and done. Because it's better. Yeah, it's better for her. But for her. she doesn't recognize that there are lots of Nigerian migrants who... Are living a different life. Yeah, who face racism continuously, you know. So people's experiences also sort of uh, blinds 
Plan side the reality. So people mm. need to actually go out of their own experience. And be non-biased. Yeah. yeah. And I think a big issue, another thing that I think the report mentioned was the idea that they claimed it wasn't race, rather it's other factors such as wealth, you know, stuff like that. But I think one of the biggest things to remember, which I'm sure everyone said, is that they're so interlinked. You can't look at race, poverty without look. You can't look at poverty without looking yeah. at race. You can't look at wealth without looking yeah. at race. They're so tied in together. Yeah. You, all you just have to do is you have to ask yourself why is it that where you have a lot of black people concentrated, Asian and whatever you concentrated, that is poverty. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. So you need to you need to first look at there's a link between there's a there's a there's social economic. Yeah, there's a reason why there's serious crime and what have you in certain locality. Mm. You know, and whatever you, you take away the the opportunity for young people to congregate and go to youth centers, you close youth centers, you know, and whatever you, you don't give them places to go to. So you you are you, you they are left to just wander into crime and whatever. So it's um it's just a cycle, and I've seen it firsthand coming from somewhere like We Green, where yeah. it's just the same thing. It's school. Behavior. If it's the black boys, it's not behavior issues. If the white boys, behavior issues. If it's the black boys, it's exclusion. And then it's shock when they now go and they're living in poverty. So it's a shock when they now go and join gangs and sell drugs mm. to get money for their yeah. family. And it shouldn't be surprising because education, poverty, race, it's all interlinked. You can't look at one without the other. Yeah, you can. But we could go on about this topic forever, unfortunately. But I'm gonna keep it moving. So my next question is, what would you say are some of the um? biggest differences between because i'd say your first generation immigrant and mine is an immigrant but second generation diaspora so what would you say are some of the biggest differences between your your generation and of people coming from nigeria to the uk and our generation of british born but not so much british not so much nigeria that in between what are the differences in some of the issues we face in our experiences of britain and how much this country accepts us and some of the positives, I guess, as well, of yeah. having that dual nationality. I think for those of us, I can speak for from my own experience as a migrant, some of my own friends and some of our family members who migrated from Nigeria. I think the first uh, problem we have is the conflict that... Uh, that um, that migrants come across, uh, the you never really accept Britain as home. Everything you walk towards is you're thinking of, I'm going to go back and settle back in Africa or in Nigeria, you know. So that does not give you the opportunity to just face, take Britain as home and settle into the UK and just make up your mind. So within that conflict, you, 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 you do yourself in, so to say, you know. Uh, which is very unlike some of some migrants from other parts of the world, say like the, like the Jews, like the Israelis, like the Indians. Once they come here, they just take, we're back, we're coming in the UK. But Africans tend to want to go back home. But even when they want, they say they want to go back home, they still uh, end up just staying here. So, but for your generation, uh, because you're born here, you have that affinity. You have the emotional attachment. You probably know about uh, Wood Green and you know about uh, Ikare, where mm. we originate from. Mm. You know, so so you don't have that conflict. But because we also uh, imbibe in you the culture of telling you not to forget where you come from, you know, you still also uh, uh, think about 
Africa, even though you you, you don't live there and whatever, you still think about Africa and what, so 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 that's the difference between our generation. Our generation is conflict. We are we are more conflicted than your generation that you're born in the UK. So it's that conflict that I, I I don't know how to put it, but but that conflict makes a lot of difference. Mm. You know, you need to first uh, define yourself. Am I British Nigerian or am I Nigerian British? I think though, uh, and I think something that maybe your generation will be quite surprised of is. There obviously is that big difference, but I think you'd be surprised to, for most of my generation, my friends, it's actually a similar conflict in a completely different way in the sense that for you, like you said, come to Britain, but your home is always Nigeria and you know that you you can't really, you know, fully be here and say I'm British now, especially because your roots are in Nigeria, whereas I think with my generation of diaspora, it's more the thing where even though we're born here and, you know, like you said, I know we're green better and we're so-called British more than we are Nigerian because of the racism and because of the differences and because of the way society, you know, treats immigrants. Most people, I mean, most white people in this country won't see it that way. So I think for us, it's more of a conflict where it's like, well, we're not really white, so we're never really going to be British like that. You know, we've got our own... It's almost a new subculture. Mm. It's not really that we identify with British more. It's not even that. It's a it's a complete brand new subculture of this mix where you're not really one and you're not really the other because yeah. it's... I would I don't feel accept. I don't feel British. I also don't feel Nigerian enough because I haven't been there enough. Yeah. You know, someone didn't teach me the language. Yeah. <laughs> That's my fault. Um, you know, I just haven't had enough uh, opportunity to engage. I've got parts of it and I've spoken about it a lot food, music and friends that help. But rather for us than having that conflict between oh am I really Nigerian? Are we really that conflict exists except it's mean it's meant that we have to create a brand new subculture mm -hmm. of of both. And I think one of the biggest issues about that is that you can't tie that to any land. Yeah. So it's not tied to Britain because yeah. if I come to Britain and I try to be completely British, they'll never accept me. Yeah. If I go to Nigeria and try to say I'm complete, they'll never accept me mm. either. They'll yeah. be like, oh, are you Mbo? You know, <laughs> African-American. Yeah. But I'll never be properly, they'll never accept me as Nigerian. Mm. The accent, you know, the differences, just too many differences. And I think that can lead a lot of people of our generation to yeah. have this cultural confusion identity it mm. gets even worse when you've got people of mixed heritage because that's a whole nother no, no, a whole nother conversation but it's a shame i mean there's something powerful in that having yeah. that new subculture because like you said we can have that dual perspective of there's certain things that in britishness i can see that perspective that i can relate yeah. to because i was born here yeah. and in nigeria yeah. you know the things i've been taught with my family yeah. to create this new like dual perspective mm. but you don't really feel yeah. like you have a a route. A route, yeah. Well, I, I also think uh, that I think the world is a global village now with mm. the advent of um, internet and um, information technology. So mm. unlike in those days where you, if you don't know about Nigeria, you don't know about Nigeria. But mm. you know, even sometimes I drive with you, I play Nigerian songs and you start singing you start singing to the lyrics. Yeah, I know, know them all now. You know the lyrics and everything. I don't know what I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> but you, I know the lyrics. You know the lyrics, yeah. you know, but back in those, and that, and that is thank, thank, uh, thanks to uh, information technology, mm, you globalization. can go on YouTube, Google and what have you. Mm. So, so I, I always say these days that I think one of the things I'm thankful about coming to the UK for is that you see yourself as a global citizen, a mm. citizen of the globe, basically. Mm. But it's just, yeah, but I, I, I hear you where you say that um, there is conflict. And I think there's always conflict 
across the globe too. I'm sure that people in uh, it's the same thing with Japanese, British. Mm-hmm. And, it's it's and, not it's and not unique it. to just it's yeah. it's all diaspora. It's, always it's a, all diaspora. It's a diaspora thing. Mm-hmm. But I think what is important is that people need to now uh, um, stre- tend to identify, uh, tend to create a humanity. Mm-hmm. If, if the more we have, uh, the more our humanity speaks more than our color and where we come from. You know, the better for the world. Basically. I agree. I think with historically just being so comfortable with being divisive and black and white and nigerian and british and it doesn't reflect the way society is changing to be more and more multicultural like yeah. there's white people in nigeria who were yeah. born there yeah who, yeah. who are nigerian, who are nigerian there's white people in jamaica who are more jamaican yeah. than some of yeah. the jamaican people yeah. i know yeah. and the way society is changing it's not so, and because the fastest emerging ethnic group right now is mixed yeah. It's people of mixed heritage. It's it's on the climb. Yeah. By in ten years, the majority of our society will probably be mixed, be heritage. mixed heritage. So I think it's very reductive, very divisive, and we need to change this thought of I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, yeah. and that, that's so much conflict. Religious is from being I'm Muslim, I'm Christian, Christian yeah. race, I'm black, I'm white, everything. Mm. Once we start seeing that all of these things are just factors, just like someone having brown eyes and blue eyes, yeah. they're just factors. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Mm, yeah. It's a it's a tricky topic. It's a tricky world, and mm. yeah, know. There, there are very positive sides to uh, that uh, to to Britain, you know, uh, and and I, it's it's quite it, as, as the more I you know I'm fifty above fifty now, and even though I'm, before when I go to Nigeria, I don't want to come back to the UK, but now I think these days when I go to Nigeria after one week I want to come back mm-hmm. to London, I want to come back to the UK mm. and I think the more you establish I think again is the connection with the family once mm. you now have family and children and whatever the description of of home changes it's not just the country it's, it's not just it's the, the country. people yeah, mm. yeah so so the, and these days they say home is where you find peace mm. you know relatively maybe where i find peace more now is with the family yeah even though there are families in nigeria so the concept of home keeps changing changing the mm. dynamics keep changing for 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 everyone mm. and even despite all the negativity there's just so much of positives too that, that's going on in the in the uk mm. the diversity mm. The, Look at Nigerian diaspora, the most probably yeah, most powerful in the world. In the world, yeah, the, yeah, the diaspora community, I, and I mean, and now if you go to some parts of London, you don't miss Lagos because they're just uh, Dalston. Yeah, that Dalston is mini Lagos. It's mini Lagos. Yeah. Dalston, Peckham, yeah, some places in Acne mm. and what have you, you know. So it's it's um, things are changing for the better. Mm. But the sad news is that uh, while things are changing for the diaspora, a lot of change is not going on at home. Mm. You know, with the conflict, the tribal, ethnic, religious conflicts that we keep having, you know, but younger generations are sort of uh, making things, you know, taking ownership of their future you mm. know, and um, campaigning for change. Okay, so I'm going to round up with two final quick questions. Yeah. So, leading on from what you just said how do you feel about because when i was actually applying for oxford i had a conversation with this woman at a conference i think it was a black excellence scholar type of uh, conference and when i told her she said well why do you feel to succeed you need to put yourself in a so-called white space Mm. and that kind of links to the bigger conversation of should people be you know leaving nigeria and places like india all these um home countries to come to the west to 
thrive and build their businesses or should we be going back home mm. and taking you know building stuff back home investing in home investing in nigeria how far do you think you know diaspora have a responsibility of going back to their country and mm. investing i think it's a mixture of both i think uh, uh, humans are animals you mm. know and it's an animal nature to always look for a better opportunity so it's not even about country mm. you know uh, I think the uh, scientists claim we, we develop as apes, you know, and over time we grew to better climes, better weather and whatever. So migration is a human, it's, a, it's an animalistic concept. Mm -hmm. It is not even... Um, it's survival. Not, it's a survival concept, you mm -hmm. know. So people would move from, uh, from the south to the north and vice versa, you know. Say, for example, if there is conflict in the west, you will see westerners moving to Africa, mm -hmm. you know. So, but I think what people should now do is when they've become successful, they should not forget their roots. Mm -hmm. You know, they need to invest back home. They need to, uh, they need to uh, send money uh, to, for people to empower people. You know, this concept of sending money to people to eat should stop. It should be money for, to, for people to invest. To start their to, own. To start their own businesses, to become employers of labor and because then they can they can sustain themselves once you give sustain. them that platform just to take the first step they can begin to they sustain begin. and the nigerian diaspora community has been very marvelous they they direct uh uh financial inputs that nigerians in diaspora put into nigeria is amazing mm. it's billions of of dollars mm. you know and in terms of investment i don't know if there's this restaurant in in pekan uh i don't uh in somewhere in south london 805 mm. and it's open it started from london but mm. it's opened a lot of 805 restaurants all over nigeria mm. you know there's also this rest there's a lot of nigerian restaurants who started in london or in the uk but mm. they've got branches all over nigeria mm. too the same thing with uh, the tech industry mm -hmm. and whatever so i think things are moving to the right direction and i think without the diaspora community most of the continent would uh, uh, the countries of in the on the continent would have collapsed but the, the the dark side of it is the brain drain you know where uh, the home countries like nigeria is cheap it's it's relatively cheap to become a medical doctor in nigeria you probably need maybe like to, to become a medical doctor from university from year one to your final year you probably don't need more than three thousand pounds the equivalent mm. the whole seven years mm. but to become a medical doctor in nigeria in uk you uh, probably need about twenty-seven thousand or thirty thousand minimum minimum you know but so you find a lot of people trained in nigeria subsidized by the nigerian government but when they become a medical doctor they have to come to the uk so the uk becomes a beneficiary of even though nigeria subsidized some of the uh, uh income they, some of them suffer to become doctors but if you look at the the the, the 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 money they have to pay the country has subsidized so we have to find a way to create equitable opportunities for those doctors or those experts to stay in nigeria so that they are better pay, paid they have the same equipments they live comfortably then they wouldn't need to transfer their talent to the countries that didn't contribute in any way to their rise to, to and, and you see it as well with then it will help the infrastructure i mean why should the president of nigeria yeah. have to come to the uk for for three yeah, treatment yeah you know which is some some of the infrastructural imbalance you mm. know where every time you have a nigerian president come to to london on on treatment mm. you know so you ask yourself what is the fate of the common exactly man in nigeria okay and to round up um 
what if you had one piece of advice you can give to people listening now who are diaspora trying to succeed in their own fields and just trying to make it in a in a country that they you know, not that it wasn't made for them but away from home what one piece of advice would you give to be resilient and to learn from the there's the, one of the things as a nigerian or as africans that we're very resilient people we, uh, our, our weather can be harsh sometimes you know the sun we the sun sometimes gets to 45 to 50 degrees and we still survive so pick up from that resilience and don't let anyone knock you down uh, never take no for an answer you need to keep knocking on that door and the more you knock you open and people should uh, never let uh, the system weaken their resolve to make it in life and don't let anybody tell you you don't belong here you contribute to the society you and pay I, tax you pay tax and apart from paying tax uh, almost 40 percent of the wealth of britain came from stolen 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 wealth in, <laughs> yeah. in, the, in, in countries they colonized this country so, is built of your country so, so the country is built you know from the sweat and suffering of uh, of people all over the, the wind world rush. yeah mm. so so you should get make sure you have a sense of belonging and don't make some of the mistakes we made. We, uh, we, we, we have it in our subconsciousness that we don't belong here. And that's a lot of disadvantage. S take, it, take ownership that this is your country. You, you're, you're, uh, contribute positively to the society and, and gain from the society. So resilience is the most important thing. Never be, be, be broken because the system is built to break you. You know, once you recognize that the system is built to break you and you need to develop a thick skin, you know, you would uh, definitely fly quite high. Hmm. So thank you for coming today and speaking with us. Thank it you has been very an much. Honor. So we're going to round up with our song of the week, album of the week. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed our discussion so far. Our song of the week is Hello by Jelani Blackman. Jelani Blackman. I doubt a lot of you have heard of him. I found him from a colour show. I don't know why this song just bangs like his voice is deep he's riding the beat we love to see it um album of the week is crabs in a bucket by nines beautiful beautiful album beautiful in the sense that nines when he made that comeback no one knew what to expect and then he just hit us with banger after banger after banger we love to see it so stay tuned to listen to all of these let's go I don't score goals from penals, screamers, even when that girl look mellow. Ay, my life unsettled. Black box pets, not black or vests, and a fax all checked and a check with zeros. Mm. Hello, nah, I ain't never won no medals, but I done tour the London on pedals when it was heat and tea from kettles. Now we get ice and kettles, uh, man, I just grind for the levels. Deal with devils, fuck your kennels. I might be a dog, but I live like a rebel. Uh, hola. I do a lot for a dollar Yo, I do a lot for the quala I know what it is to be broke, my brother Yeah, I want a house for my mother Made my way, won't die in the gutter Yeah, that's nice that you don't see colour But I'm black, that's me on the cover Always other Mixing skins, still scoping the skin In a place that you live, forgot how to play Don't play with the kids, get dipped and quaint And rock with a stick, are you taking a piss? Don't you see they've been making this? Hey, what? Tell me, how can I find peace? I can't even see what factual is mm -hmm. Hello, I've been here since guess who's girl Yo, I know road, not meadows I don't score goals from pennos, screamers Even when that girl look mellow 
I said my life unsettled Black box pez now black cool vets And I fat two checks and I check two zeros mm. Hello, nah, I ain't never won no medals But I done tour the London on pedals When it was heat and tea from kettles Now we get ice in kettles um, And I just grind for the levels Deal with devils, fuck your kennels I might be a dog, but I live like a rebel uh, Howdy, never been fucked in a game Cause I'm rowdy, bad round me Nah, loudly tell you I buy out your team Like some breads from Saudi Cowley, Simon, X-Factor Man, it's all dead, see how I enter Through the back door, sweat off your Max Factor limbs Black and blue like your rep inter mm. Yeah, right to the centre Don't ask if you don't want real answer I don't care what you're into Black Santa, man, I come true When a red phantom start Ay, that's gift Stand up where you are No fire in the booth Or fire in the park Just fire in your heart That's fire in the dark That's fire from the start Hey, yo, bruh huh. Hello, I've been here since gets was ghetto Yo, I know bros, not meadows I don't score goals from panels, screamers Even when a girl look mellow I, I said my life unsettled Black box pets, no black Corvettes And I fax all checked and I checked with zero Hello, nah, I ain't never won no medals But I done tour the London on pedals When it was heat and tea from kettles Now we get ice in kettles um, And I just grind for the levels Deal with devils, fuck your kennels I might be a dog, but I live like a rebel hey. I might be a dog, but I live like a uh, uh. Yeah, I might be a dog, but I live like a uh. Five times double platinum, get them off me. Yeah. 
I'm a real foul you like Joffrey I am the king, nobody can't stop me See when I get the job done, that's uh, I was calling, I was wrestling But this year, next year, I'm on the next thing Master my flow and my style to perfection Tell the truth and it sounds like I'm flexing Big Mike but my fam call me Junior My brother should have pulled up sooner Look at my eyes, see Kwame and Krumah That's a real presidential black man Real revolution starter And I ball like the Utes in Barca Bare chesting when I walk through Ghana And I don't do beef, I do karma I swear we're the last ones left The man them love Kuf, Kuf, Kuf And anywhere I see you dons in the flesh Just know that I can't let you go like Steph is Money's two pounds for some sweets I ain't care about money, fam I live right next to Peas Block And everyone knows that was the local weed spot Customers outside, fuck it, I'll approach them I got what you need, fam He said you must be joking, you're a kid Then I sold him an eight for a ten That day I hit most of cells that came to the end Zeno's little brother, so the block already knows me Walking with my mom, got shots trying to approach me Finished the pack, made my first rack Told all the customers, it's a one I found track see the stars in the rain Make your galley misbehave Is the way we like it yeah. I was in the trenches with my dogs Now with them niggas in charge ah. Now with them niggas in charge ah. uh. Fair I got kicked out of school out. My mum's at work, I'm on the strip with the fools gang, gang. So I cop seven grams, turn to an Ozzy 
wasn't that hard, could have stars already known me. Now I'm about to get my P up. But Zeno and Jazz found out and they robbed my re up. They said I was too young to shop. But Zeno went jail, the orders used to bad me up. I was on the block, now I'm 14, I got all these peas around me. Trying to cut bricks, orders had a meeting about me. Then mum got me in a new school. But my phone's blowing, now I wanna be here, I'm too cool. Three months later, got kicked out for trapping. Mum's gonna fuck me up, how could I let this happen? But fuck it, I'm trapping. I was in my school uniform when I caught my first bus down in Hatton. See the stars in the rain, make the galley misbehave. It's the way we lie. Yeah. I was in the trenches with my dogs Now with them niggas in charge ah. Now with them niggas in charge ah. Uh. 21, I ran the strip like a company I, I had over a hundred employees on them Documented Had my nigga loons moving pies. Uh, he ain't touched nothing, he just had to supervise. Yeah, yeah. White boy was like the floor manager. Ten bricks a day all underneath the camera. Lying, I'm dying. Niggas can't fuck with the money team. I said my nigga buns and pebs, that's the muscle team. Even though I ran the hood, we got bare holders. Yeah. But me and Jazz was the only shareholders. Now they talk about me like he's a G. My life's coming like the wire. Season three. Now my smokers got their first D's from me. Now my trap stars got their first keys from me. Uh, now I supply half the country with these packs. I ain't a rapper, I'm a drug dealer that raps. Now with them niggas in charge. As always, thank you for listening. You know where to find me on Twitter, Masike T. Drop me suggestions, drop me feedback. I always love to know what you guys think. We're gonna leave on a very feel good song. And I'm not a believer yet, yeah, but this song is just vibes. I mean, Giveon, Daniel Caesar. Oh, cheats. Let's go, let's go. And I'll see you next week. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh, yeah, shit. I get my weed from California. That's that shit. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. Badass bitch. I get my light right from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I see you. Oh. The way I breathe you in. Hey. It's the texture of your skin. I wanna wrap my arms around you, baby. Never let you go. Oh. And I see you. I get my weed from California That's that shit I took my chick up to the north, yeah Badass bitch I get my light right from the source, yeah Yeah, that's it You ain't sure, yeah But I'm for ya All I could want All I could wish for Nights alone that we miss more And days we save as souvenirs There's no time I wanna make more time And give you my whole life Girl, I'm in my Yorker Hate to leave it, call it torture Remember when I couldn't hold her Left the baggage for a moment I got my peaches out in Georgia Oh yeah, shit I get my weed from California That's that shit I took my chick up to the north, yeah Badass bitch I get my
Up to the north, yeah, badass bitch. I get my life right from the source, yeah, yeah, that's it. 